Hey, what's up, everybody? Justin Ochoa back with episode 16 of the Gym Sessions podcast. And today, our guest is Bjorn Broman. He is the co owner and co founder of the Broman Academy, a basketball skill development company based out of Charlotte that he and his older brother Anders developed after their basketball careers at Winthrop. Now, Bjorn has a crazy basketball background. He actually started playing varsity basketball in Duluth, Minnesota as an eighth grader. He played out his high school career, finished his senior year averaging 50, let me say that again, a 50 ball per game and earned a D1 scholarship to Winthrop uh, where he not only played but started for all four years as a point guard at the D1 level, uh, went to March Madness, had a great career there, and um, now he's in coaching. So now he's passing that on to the next generation of basketball through his skill development, his team coaching, his camps, his events, and his social media branding. So we got into a conversation about all of that. We talk all things basketball from youth to pro. We talk about his development, how he trained growing up. We talk about how he trains now. We talk business. It's really a great conversation, and Bjorn is awesome. He's on his he's on track to do amazing things and continue to grow the Broman Academy. And so I was lucky enough to have him on the show to talk shop and talk hoops. So I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. If this is your first time here, I would encourage you to, you know, after you listen to this, check out some of our previous episodes with previous guests. I really think you guys will enjoy those as well. But without any further ado, this is episode 16 with Bjorn Broman. Bjorn, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Um, let's jump right into it and and kind of get into your background and who you are, how you started up your academy. Uh, talk a little bit about your playing career. We'll get into that. But yeah, give us the give us the bio. Yeah, so I'm originally from um, Duluth, Minnesota, uh, about three hours north of Minneapolis. Um, not Duluth is not a basketball area whatsoever it's all hockey um a bunch of our buddies just they casually go d1 casually go to nhl like it is what it is um so Mm -hmm. grew up there not much basketball worked our butts off uh, my brother and i and we ended up um getting division one scholarships to winthrop university um in charlotte uh came out here for college loved every second of it um had had success had a lot of great memories and the south won us over so we are still currently out here in Charlotte and uh, we have started our own uh, basketball training company um, for the last few years. And we we do camps, leagues, group trainings, individuals, everything you can imagine. Um, and I, I say I have the best job in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. I share that same, same opinion, man, what we do just working with the athletes, whether it be on the court in the weight room uh, it's, it's truly a blessing to be a coach and kind of be viewed as that because, you know, as you grow up as an athlete, your coaches are kind of like your second parents, you know what I mean? And, you know, some situations it's like some people's actual parents, like, you know, they don't have like that steady home life or maybe don't have a a father figure or mother figure, whatever the case may be. So it's like, you know, being a coach is, is a lot more than just sports. Yeah, you're you're spot on, and we and we always say we don't know what goes on at the at the house with the family, whatever. We don't know the dynamics, 
but that hour, that hour and a half there with us once a week, twice a week, like it's going to be, we're going to get after it, but it's going to be fun. We're going to mm-hmm. teach them skills that apply to basketball, apply to life um, that they can take with them hard work. Um, but yeah, and, and everyone's playing days eventually come to an end. Everyone thinks they're going to play forever and eventually it, it, it does end. It, it stops. Mm-hmm. And uh, for, uh, for us now to still be able to be around the game and teach and train and help this next group is, it's incredible. I love it, man. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your playing career and kind of how you ended up in coaching. Um, yep. Actually, I discovered you on Instagram and it was, I don't know, I've been following you for, for a minute now, you know what I mean? But the post was, it caught my eye. It was like, use these three moves. This is how I averaged 50 in high school. I said, oh, let me watch this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me watch this. So, and then I'm like, I wonder if he really averaged 50 in high school. And sure enough, at the end of the video, you're like, and I really averaged 50 in high school. So Mm -hmm. that's not normal. Um, Obviously, you know, that's, that's not a, that's not a common thing. So talk about, you know, just growing up playing, um, like you mentioned in a hockey kind of community, obviously you got really good at basketball. Uh, what was your childhood like growing up playing and ultimately how you chose Winthrop? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, um, the, uh, our area is hockey and uh, not much basketball going on. So I always give a lot of credit to my my brother and my dad. My brother's the hardest worker I've ever met. He's a year and a half older than me. And he just, he's whatever he does, he's locked in, he's determined. And, no, nothing can stop him so having him as a role model from a young age really helped me um my dad was uh an olympic ski jumper which mm. a lot of people don't know it's not like athleticism he didn't it's not like pure athleticism whatever he worked his butt off as well that's just one of those mm-hmm. sports strong legs know yeah. how to jump off a mountain like it, it's crazy um so i had those two guys that really impact me from a young age and um you know, we, in, in elementary, middle school, we love the game. We played all the sports, though. We're big on all the sports help each other. Um, so we did all that. And as we got into high school, it was kind of like, all right, we want to play Division One. Like, this is our goal. Let's make it happen. Um, but being totally honest, my brother and I are slow, not athletic, can't jump very high. <laughs> so, we, so we were thinking, okay, you know, how, how are we going to compete? And so we had a, and our thing was, we're going to outwork everybody else. Uh, so we, in about eighth grade, my brother made up his mind, or b- both of us did, uh, to play division one. And we started going to the gym at 5 a.m. at the YMCA um, at 5 a.m., six days a week. And my dad would come rebound for us. And uh, I'm not saying what we did was out of this world or we had these crazy drills but we just were committed five, six days a week. And um, we were going to outwork everybody. And there were days I would sleep on the gym floor. I didn't want to be there. I was a seventh grade. Like, like, like that's all real. Like people think, Oh, you just go there and it's a blast. No, it's not like you're throwing up in the garbage can. It's so early. Uh, You have a, you have a test in your first class. And when school starts, like it, it it was brutal. Um, But we did that from eighth, seventh, eighth grade, all the way to our senior year of high school. And that really helped us get a jump on everybody. And then in high or in high school, we played for um, small Christian school, Lakeview Christian Academy. 
uh, no cuts. Everybody made the basketball team. Um, it was very much faith-based and college prep. And when we got there, uh, our role was scoring and we did it to the best of our abilities. That was our <laughs> thing was let's, if, if it's the score, let's go do it. But then we also played AU with Howard Pulley out of Minneapolis. It's a Nike circuit, uh, basketball team. We played alongside Tyus Jones, um, Trey Jones, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, mm -hmm. all these NBA guys that, uh, are having a lot of success. And we played with them and the Nike circuit is no joke playing in the EYBL. And we were fortunate mm -hmm. enough to get division one scholarship offers and instantly Winthrop stood out uh, to myself and their, their history and all that. So we, uh, so I, my brother committed to South Dakota state, didn't work out for him. So when I committed to Winthrop, he came with me and it's under uh, the coach was Pat Kelsey. I had him for four years and now he's currently at college of Charleston who's at one point this year was a top 18 team in the country. So he's, he's doing his thing. Um, but yeah, made it to Winthrop, uh, played in March Madness. I was fortunate enough to start all four years of my career, um, which not many people get to say. So it was a perfect situation for me. It was a blessing, learned so much. And then, um, like I said, stuck around the Charlotte area and now we're, now we're basketball yeah. trainers. So <laughs> I gotta go, I gotta keep coming back to this, the 50 point, uh, average because <laughs> it's like I I, I'm trying I to understand. Skim, I kind of skim over it a little bit. <laughs> I know it's probably weird to talk about, but I'm just like, yo, that's that's so on a nightly basis. No, so there's there's two parts to this question. I read that you're second in your high school in in terms of all time scoring, and right. your brother, your older brother, is first. Okay, so. <laughs> My first question is, what did he average throughout high school? And yeah. then, you know, what was that like chasing him and kind of having that target to be like, not only historical at your school, but also within your household? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, uh, he started from his set, because in, in Minnesota, you can start in middle school, seventh and eighth grade. I know different, every states have their different rules. We could play varsity in middle school. So seventh and eighth grade, if you were good enough. Mm. And so we started, I think I started my eighth grade. My brother started seventh grade, but he probably averaged 10 points a game as a seventh grader. And then 13 as an eighth grader. I don't know. It wasn't much. And then um, that eighth grade year going into ninth grade is when like, all right, this is all right. Let's yeah. take it to another level. And he jumped to like 32. And then, I mean, which is still crazy, but we're playing small school basketball in Minnesota. I always have to put it in perspective. And then just every year it kind of went up. Um, but yeah, for me, uh, <laughs> it, like I, having him as a role model, I saw the work ethic it took and like they were double teaming him. They were triangling two and people and some triangling two on myself and him, some triangling two, which means triangle for the three defenders, two defenders on my brother, like just standing That's around. That's crazy. Him. Yeah. Or boxing, all that. And so I was able to firsthand learn from him. Like, how do I beat a press or a double team? How do I beat a guy in front of me with a help side right behind? Like, I watched it all. So I was able to see how he did it. And then when it was my turn, as he graduated, I was two years in school behind him. Um, I was like, all right, it's my time. And uh, yep. was fortunate enough to put the ball in the hoop quite a bit. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So uh, I think there's there's an interesting dynamic there, like, honestly, because if you think about it, you mentioned you play uh, small school Minnesota basketball, right? So 
you know, the, the hater out there would be like, Oh, well, it's not that hard, you know, to, to score. Mm-hmm. First of all, you score 50 on any level one time, you're certified bucket, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. If you're in a rec league, a 30 plus rec league, you get a 50 ball, you're scoring the rock. Like that's impressive yeah. no matter yeah. what to average that is another thing. But the, the thing that I'm getting at here is that you mentioned you play on the EYBL. So all that, Oh, he can't do it against the the competition or he can't do it at the big school or on the big stage that goes out the window. And I'm not saying you average 50 on the EYBL circuit, but you obviously did enough to get noticed by college coaches and ultimately earn a D one scholarship. So what was that like navigating that as a high school student, like who probably heard some of those things, like he can't do it at, at a higher level, blah, 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 to go on the circuit and see that type of talent and still carve out your own role and find success. Yeah, you're spot on. Um, that was one of the reasons we did it. We played on a, a smaller AU team through my brother's 10th grade year. I was eighth grade. And it was like, okay, we're putting up these, my brother's putting up these numbers. We're getting noticed. But that's the thing. Everyone's just like, oh, you're playing small school basketball of North Minnesota. And we're like, no, I'm telling you, we're legit. I promise you. (laughs) How do we get, how do we get in front of them? So it was the Nike circuit, played played at Howard Pulley. And um, my brother had an incredible junior year. Uh, He ended up with 20 plus division one offers, was on the verge of cracking a couple high major offers. Um, he down at Peach Sham, which is the Nike Championship. He's going against mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins, Julius Randall, uh, Jalil Okafor, Jabari, and I want to say he averaged like 13 and a half, 14 a game. And now that's not 42 a game, 44 a game, but that 14 on the Nike circuit was worth m- way more oh, yeah. than that 40, For sure. 50 a game. He's putting up against Matt Matt Jones, I believe it was, who went to Duke. Um, I'm not mistaken. He he was supposed to guard Anders, and he put up 20 on it and it's like, okay, he, he's, he's legit. So then suddenly people sort of like, oh yeah, he can play, but he's going to go somewhere small division one and we'll never hear about him again. It's like the haters are, they, they don't stop. They're just constantly going to mm-hmm. find a new way to hate, but yeah, being on the Nike circuit circuit really solidified us. And uh, then when it was my turn to be on that 17 U Nike circuit, um, I think nine of our 10 guys went division one. Uh, I only had three division one offers. I'm, I'm, two, three inches, probably three, four inches shorter than my brother. Um, I'm a point guard. So a lot of people didn't want to take the risk on me. Um, mm-hmm. But being on that level and playing against, I mean, Pete Sham, I played against Jalen Brunson. And now you see what he's doing uh, in the yeah. league. So it's like, I, that's my matchup. And De'Aaron Fox, when he was in 10th grade, he, uh, playing for Houston, that's my matchup. And I was able to hold my own. And I had and a few schools uh, believed in me. And uh yeah, and and then I was fortunate enough to make it to Winthrop University. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to bring up was, you know, just kind of like choosing. You mentioned you played all four years. You started all four years. Um, that's that's so rare today. One, to even be at the same school for four years without yeah, yeah. transferring up or down or, you know, if you're fortunate enough to make it to the league or whatever. Two, to start all four years. What was that like, like decision-making process, finding that good fit? Um, Because I'm sure you had, uh, you said three D1 offers. I'm sure there was a lot of D2s, probably some high-level NAIAs reaching out. You know, um, obviously you you had a belief in yourself that you could play at that level. 
Um, but there's also the whole aspect of like, you know, where am I going to go and actually be valued and play right away? So talk about kind of that, that process. Yeah. And, and that's a big thing. I don't think kids these days understand is go where you're wanted. Don't go to mm-hmm. the highest offer, the highest, Oh, what looks cool. Go where you're wanted and where you'll fit in. And I, I, I stand by that. Cause my, my brother went to South Dakota state and the coach that recruited him left and the new coach. Yeah, we want him. So we want him. He didn't fit in with, with the style, the, they like tall, long, longer guards. And it, he just didn't fit in. And so mm-hmm. I learned from that and I'm like, all right, I'm going somewhere that wants me and that I fit with the style. And Pat Kelsey, um, played play division one, but was like scout team. And he was, I think Montana. And then he was at, uh, Xavier university and, uh, he, he understood what being a smaller point guard is like, what uh, not being the most naturally gifted and he <laughs> bought in. He knew what I could bring to the court, to the team still, and I fit in perfectly with them. But yeah, I was able to uh, start all four years in my sophomore year. Um, we made March Madness. I had so many great players around me. Um, played in March Madness, incredible experience. Played in Milwaukee against Butler. I think we lost like 11. Um, my junior, senior year, my junior year, about two thirds through the season, I was a top five three point shooter in the country, field goal or three point field goal percentage, um, top five, top 10. But as you get older, it, it becomes better yeah. and better. Yes, I, in a couple of years, oh, yeah. top three or something. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> I feel uh, that. And, and then my senior year, <clears throat> I was fortunate enough to uh, average double digits uh, per game. And I think we won 19 games that season. And yeah, very, had a lot of great players around me, but it was also fun to play alongside my brother and play for a coach that believed in you with what I had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's a huge takeaway for any athletes listening, obviously, or even parents. It's, it's man, there's not a lot of information out there and I'm seeing a lot of people just not making wise choices with their college path and their college selection. So I think how you played it worked out perfectly, honestly, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it couldn't have gone better. And I mean, it's frustrating for me because I think the portal can be great, but at the same time, people are abusing it and they go mm-hmm. somewhere, they don't like it. Boom, the next year they're somewhere else. The next yep. year after that, they're somewhere else. And I don't know the COVID year and all, all this stuff. I don't even know if COVID years are still a thing, how many more years we got, whatever. <laughs> but it's, I, I've, I see guys in their third team in three years. And um, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, going at them, whatever. But it's like when you're being recruited, you have to understand the value of being wanted and um, not just going after the the biggest school, the biggest name. 100%. So, you know, you play four years at Winthrop, um, had a lot of success, both team and individual. At what point did you know, you know, it's time to, it's time to hang up the shoes. It's, uh, you know, my career is over. Was there thoughts of trying to go pro was there thoughts of, you know, um, trying to extend your career or was it like, I know I need to be in coaching and player development? No. Yeah. I, 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 uh, no basketball player wants to get to that point where it's like, okay, what am I done? Am I done playing? Mm-hmm. And it's hard, but my senior year, um, it was up and down year. I battled the ankle injury, um, that just made it a tough year. I mean, I still, like I said, I average double digits points per game played 30 plus minutes a game, but there was just, 
it was as a senior in college, there's a lot on your shoulders. There's a lot going on. What's next? And I thought about going overseas. I know I could have, um, but I also had a passion for coaching and training. And if you go, I knew kind of balance it. If you go overseas, you kind of, your name almost drifts away a little bit where mm-hmm. we had built up our name um, at Winthrop University in the South Charlotte area. That's like, all right, we can capitalize on this. So my brother had started uh, right out when he graduated because when he transferred, he had a red shirt a year. Uh, so we were just a year apart now. He started in the basketball training business. He interned with Accelerate Basketball, um, who works with Steph Curry. Uh, and he learned a ton. And then it was like, all right, when you're done, we want you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, like, you know, but then uh, we worked with someone else for a couple of years. Um, I, I decided to hang him up and uh, we started our basketball training company. And then a uh, week before COVID, we officially did Broman Academy and uh, it's, it's been one of the best things ever. That's awesome. So um, you, you were fortunate enough to not be in college during COVID. That was kind of, I was trying to make the timeline in my head because yep. you mentioned the COVID years and you got red shirt years, man. There's 25, 26 year old grown men out here still with eligibility. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, saying, give me, give, give me a Jersey. Give me a Jersey. There's yeah. kids my, I, I'm 26. I graduated in 2019. Give me a Jersey. There's on Char- in Charleston. There's a kid 25, 26. And like, he's it's killing crazy. it. I'm like, <laughs> let, let me get one more, more let me get one more year <laughs> eligibility. Like it's, it's crazy yeah. because I mean, you know, as a coach now and, and somebody who's in the development industry, like you also still sharpen your skill set, like as a player, yeah. you know what I mean? Even like for me, I'm 33. I have literally no competitive basketball left in my life that I have to play, but I play every week because it's like, yep. that's what I need to, to like be sane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm still trying to get in leagues and play with, other guys that might be like retired pro or college players, whatever. And I'm in the gym every day working on my game, like every day Mm -hmm. harder than I ever did when I was actually like in the sport, like when it mattered. So I know that you probably do the same thing. You could probably easily go out there and get buckets. (laughs) So the first couple of years after I graduated, um, I didn't, I didn't, I was all into the business. I, so yeah, 2019, the, probably in the COVID, I was like, I've worked out every day for the last 20 or 18 years, whatever it is. I'm like, I've done how many two days in the summer, how many three days, like I'm, I'm not an athlete anymore. And then I kind of didn't touch a basketball in the sense of me going to work out for a while. Um, But I dove into the basketball skill training concepts and philosophies and the terms and all that. Um, So I would say I became probably the most skilled like all around skilled because i'm teaching things every day i'm doing it if i can't yep. do it how am i gonna put them through it uh we're big on that um and i i started to do that but then after about a year and a half i got into a uh uh charlotte uh not pro-am but a very competitive league um yeah. and i and i started playing and guys and i was like kind of just having fun and then guys started trash talking i'm like all right all right, here we yeah. go. Here we go. And then I started to get back into it. And now I play in uh, probably two leagues every year, one in the spring, one in the fall. And uh, I got that itch again. But yeah, I think I'm the most, I wouldn't say 
because we worked we worked our butts off in high school and college. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily working my hardest now in basketball, but I'm the most all around skilled. Yeah, um, I've improved my weaknesses a lot. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So um, you mentioned jumping into the business, starting it with your brother. That's awesome. Yep. It's always great to kind of have a, a family business and and is you guys' last name ingrained in it, and you've carved out this like reputation not only in the sport of basketball but within your community there around the Winthrop uh, uh, Charlotte area. What's that been like to to really like grow that with your brother, who's now been obviously your brother your whole life. He's been your teammate. And now he's your business partner. So I imagine that you guys are pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I always make the joke, like everything's great about what we do. I just wish I had a better partner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's been my best friend my whole life. And we've, we're fortunate to be able to do this. Um, like I said, he's the hardest worker I know. I, I knew when we officially launched Sperman Academy, it's like, we're not going to fail. Like we, mm-hmm. my, we, with my brother, we're not going to fail. He works. He's so determined. Um, but yeah, we started right before COVID and we didn't know what it was going to look like. And COVID turned out to be, it sounds so bad to say it, the best thing mm-hmm. for us. Like we had to think outside the box. We had to go, gyms aren't open. So we're traveling the kids and we're doing indoor workouts, outdoor workouts. We're like, we're going wherever. And we were able to build our community and we reached so many kids and, and we'll touch on it, but we started social media with it. And um, then when things got back to normal, we built this 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 environment, this community, and um, we started group training individuals. We've worked with uh, some NBA players, uh, but there's just there's so few NBA players and the professional at the highest level. While there's so many kids at the at the youth youth age youth level that we started with the pros and the college high school or college pro. And then we kind of shifted down a little bit, not that we don't work with a high level, um, but we just shifted just a little bit or extended it. And um, we run group trainings this, like this week, probably have 60 to 70 kids in our weekly group training, um, summer camps, a uh, few hundred every summer. Um, our leagues, we we're fortunate to say we sell out most of our leagues um, third through eighth grade. And uh we, we try to do a little bit of everything uh, and it's gone really, really well. But at the same time, we're always thinking, how can we keep growing? How, what's the next step? You know, and this last winter, we started our girls portion. We started, or we, we've had girls in our training, but it's like, our, we need a, we want to start a league for them. And then we started a league. And now this summer we're extending that league to even, even bigger. So we're always constantly thinking what, what, what can we do next? Um, but it's, it's the last, I don't even know what year it is anymore. The last three years or so has been uh <laughs> has done really awesome. That's dope, man. Yeah. I, I, um, I know scaling a business is, is crazy. Like people think that it's easy because it's like, okay, well you're training a lot of people, so you're making a lot of money. So it's easy, but you don't understand what goes into scaling a business. You have to have the infrastructure to do so. You have to have the space, the facilities, the staff, all the time. Like, you know what I mean? I've run into that issue um, and, and did it wrong. You know what I mean? Where like we made mm-hmm. mistakes and ended up setting them, setting ourselves back. So talk about, you know, kind of like what your staffing looks like or what, where are you guys hosting some of these things? Like what's your infrastructure yeah. and system like? Love that. And because people don't understand everything behind the scenes, they think 
I'm just telling you, and I, no knock to anybody, but when people graduate from college and they're a college basketball player, if they don't know what to do, oh, I'll just go back home and do basketball lessons. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm telling you, that's the go-to. It, and it's people, it's, it's, I feel like it's watered down or people have decreased the expectations um, because everyone says they can do it. Everyone says they were, were uh, amazing at it, but there's so much more that goes into it. You have to build your base, your model. Your, you have to know your finances. You have to know how to, your website, your signups, how to keep customers coming, how, not just, oh, I got a new client. Okay, how do we keep them to keep, re- repeat every month? Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into a marketing strategy, but we actually don't have our own facility. And a lot of people, trainers, they have their own spot. And we're looking to get our own. Like that's obviously a dream of ours, but it's like, all right, we don't have it. How can we make maximize what we do have? All right, we know these different churches. We know these different gyms. Okay, let's, let's figure out deals with them. Um, and let's go from there. So we've built some great relationships with some churches nearby Rock Hill, South Carolina, where Winthrop is actually has it's the Rock Hill Sports and Event Center. We host, I think, the most AU tournaments in the country. Every week, big shots, mm. Phenom Hoops, everyone's there. Adidas uh, Nationals was here. Under Armour's coming. USA has been, like, we host so much. So we've gone on good terms with them. Um, but so we've, we've built that for, like, facilities um it sounds crazy there's three of us my brother and i and then we have another part-time guy who interned um he was an intern and then he killed it and we're like all right stay on with us and uh we don't we hire different college players or different people for big camps um Mm -hmm. and leagues and stuff to help us out but what we we take pride in is we play division one basketball we're not crazy naturally athletically gifted um, but we're very smart. So we want our hands on the, on the basketball we're teaching as much as possible. So in our leagues, um, we don't have dads come coach or anything like that. We coach every single team. My brother and I are the coaches every single game. The philosophies we're teaching, it's us. The things we learned for Pat Kelsey and Mark Proster in college, we're teaching those things now. It's not just, hey, dad, try to touch on these things. No, like we, we truly take pride in it. And people may think we're crazy, but we've, uh, we've, we want to be the ones teaching it. And uh, in camps as well, we probably could hire, you know, four or five more people, and then we can kind of just chill during the camps. But we don't do that. We're out there teaching every station um, or each of our own stations. But we're out there sweating, grinding, playing one-on-one because we want to be the ones that, that teach it. And then honestly, through it, we've been so blessed that we've, you, you connect with the athletes better. We've got all kids of all different age, ages that like are, they look at us as like a big brother. They look at us, they can talk to us about school or basketball, whatever, because we're around them. We get on them, we yell at them, but at the same time we build them up. And we feel like we've been able to do that because of how much we want to be the ones involved in the ones teaching. Um, so it's, it's uh, where we, we push ourselves a lot, but we, we've been able to figure out the facility, the staffing, um, pretty good, but like we don't have it all. We don't have all the answers. We're constantly growing or like trying to learn and grow and and all that stuff. No, that's props to you, man. That's a grind. It's like you took that the same grind you guys had growing up as players and put it on the coaching side. Because, dude, I know those are long days. Um, yeah. People people don't know like the pain, uh, like of a <laughs> like a, let's call it eight game day. 
coaching. Yeah, bro, heels on fire, hamstrings Uh, tight. Like that's that's real pain. Sometimes worse than playing like 15 minutes in a game. Yeah, we went from like okay, um, okay, what Jordan should I wear today? Should I wear Katie on Pearl? Like what what should I wear? (laughs) Now it's like, okay, what's the most supportive shoe possible? No. What, can I get some insoles? Can I get the arch? Like, what can I, how can I, you know oh, what I mean? yeah. I want to wear the Swear. Nope, now, now I want the comfortable stuff, you know? Um, yep. But but we love it. And uh, there are days <laughs> where you walk away and you're exhausted and you're just like, what are, like, you know, kind of like, what are we doing? Like, this is so much. We could take the easy way out and do this, but it's like, then at the end of it and you hear the parents or the kids talk and it's like, we've never seen anything like this. You guys are so different how you interact with kids. It's like, all right, we know like this is our purpose. This is our passion and we're doing it the right way. I love that. Now you you said it, man. My, my favorite pair of shoes is some low ones and those got to be the worst, the worst coaching shoes of all time. Now I'm pulling up in some like, some type of like new balance with some good cushion, some good support, trying to get myself yep. right, man. My my brother's showing up in uh, some running shoes. I don't even know what they're called, but like their <laughs> kids are like, what are those? Like they literally, and they all in the lamellos and all this stuff. I'm not to yeah. that point yet. I'd say my brother's a couple years older, um, but people are looking at him and they're like, what, what are you wearing? Like, He's like, don't even, don't even, you'll, you'll understand one day. Yep. You, you will understand everything has an orthopedic cost. That's what I say. Exactly, so exactly. You, you're on your own if you want to keep wearing the J's. Um, yep, yep. So you mentioned launching kind of like a, a, a girl's segment of your program. And that's, that's also like a similar goal that I have right now is trying to really dive in on the, on the girls and women's side of the game uh, yep. because I think it's such an underserved population and man, there's so much talent out there that's just like can be so developed much. and 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 honestly protected too from like an injury prevention standpoint as well. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about some of your plans there. Some not only that, but just general goals and plans for the future of Broman Academy. For sure, uh, we uh, we started a fifth and sixth grade girls league this year, and uh, uh, had a had a couple teams and. Um, it was just so much fun. Like, uh, girls are awesome. They, they soak everything up there. They listen. And I say this, they pass the ball. Incredible. Some are afraid. To oh dribble, my God. So yes. they move that ball, that ball's popping. And after week one, I looked at my brother and we're like, why can't the boys play like this? Everything is like one-on-one. Bro. I want to be LaMelo ball. Yes. I want to do whatever. And the girls like pop, 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 play up. And, uh, it was so much fun. And like you said, it's, it's, I don't think enough people put the energy into the female side of it. Um, the, I saw the Adidas nationals come here and I watched the girls and I'm like, this is incredible. We have South Carolina one, my, the best team in the country for college basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these dudes, these, these girls are hoopers. Like they, they're legit. It's not just, um, Oh, they're, they're good for girls. They're, they are incredible yes. talent and, and people have to start respecting that. And so we, um have started the fifth and sixth grade and it went great and um now this summer we're trying to go third through eighth grade for girls as well uh and a big thing with girls is you know it it can be intimidating to go to anything new you go to somewhere by yourself and it's scary even as an adult it's scary but if if you can try to tap in with friend groups or teams whatever and get two or three of them and then you know they enjoy it and they start telling their friends um 
so we that's one of our goals and we're making the right steps and and all that but we just in the area in the Carolinas there's so much going on with uh tournaments and different events and and stuff like that that we're looking to hopefully get some different things going on because uh, we think we we love what we're doing and it's it's really growing fast but we're also thinking the next step bigger scale uh you know we we started our online training uh and we've been fortunate with social media we have people from all over the country some from other countries and we're growing that as well so we I can't say, uh, you know, we have some other other goals in mind that I don't necessarily want to put out there, uh, but we're we're not satisfied with where we are. We always want to keep growing, um, but also every year looks different. You know, you never know what the next year is going to bring, what opportunity is going to present itself. Um, so we're just taking it year by year, but we're our goal is to keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, for sure. Now you you nailed it. I I think I don't know what it is, but uh, girls just listen so much better than the boys. Like, it's like, dude, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm like, it's the same age, same sport, same task. And I'm, I'm like seeing two different results, but it's like this funny theme now. Cause we'll have like blended groups where it'll be boys and girls together. And it will like poke fun at the boys because all, all the time, how much more attitude they have, how much, more like coolness they have you know what i mean they all got that like i want to look cool vibe to them and and the girls are like here to work like no bs it's all work and i'll never forget man my fifth grade well this was like in the fifth grade but he was my coach like pretty much growing up my whole life in the fifth grade he told us he was like i want all you guys to go home watch women's basketball like if the NBA's on, don't don't watch it. Watch college women's basketball or WNBA, which was like we were fortunate enough to have the Indiana Fever here, like from the inception yeah. of the WNBA. So um, it's not that it's not still not that uh, old of a league. I think 25, 26 years now. But anyway, he would take us to Fever games. He would like he would literally like ingrain us in the women's game, and he would always always say. The women execute the plays better. It's way more team yeah. oriented, like both on offense and defense, like team team defense and the strategies and schemes there. And that stuck with me forever. And I've always been a fan of women's basketball because it's like it's so pure. You know what I mean? It's like it's like yeah. exactly how it's drawn up. That's what they do and execute. Yeah, I, I, we had group training yesterday, and I was making those same jokes, like like boys, just relax. Like look at the girls; they're on their side. They're in the corner and they're listing. They're ready to go because we're doing like a two sides and they're competing against each other. It's like they didn't. They didn't complain. They didn't say, "Oh, their cones two inches in front of ours." They just go. <laughs> they go. They listen. They're ready to go. And it's like, boy, it's just, just right. Go but yeah, it's not something about that. Um, the that we want to keep getting into, and uh, I just I don't think they have as many opportunities, which is unfortunate. And I don't think I just think they have so much potential. Um, that we that's one of our our big goals is uh keep growing the the women's game yeah 100 percent um so you mentioned social media and like again that's that's kind of how we met and that's that's how i found you so it's working for you but there's there's such a fine line um today between like social media trainers if you will quote unquote and like real world trainers 
and then people who do both really well. You know what I mean? And I would categorize you as somebody who's doing both at a high level because you're obviously in person. You're doing it with real athletes every day. You're, you're training hundreds of athletes with just you, your brother, and one other person. So yeah. you're very in, in the trenches. Uh, but then you also have a, a pretty prominent following, um, the business page as well, and you're having success there. How are you balancing that? And like, what is kind of like your strategy within those two worlds? Yeah. And I mean, I started uh, social media and honestly, I got made fun of a lot. People are like, what are you doing? Like, what, what's the point? You know, you're embarrassing yourself. And I still get a lot of that to this day. But social media has opened so many doors for us. We've gotten so many more kids online. It's been crazy. Um, and I appreciate you saying I but do both at a high level because on, on both, you know, there's a lot of haters out there that can sit behind a keyboard or a phone and just and say all this stuff. But there is a fine line and um, cons I'm, I'm still trying to get towards it. I did a lot of funny vid basketball videos just to get kids involved. And then on, mm -hmm. on TikTok, I'm at about 550,000 on Instagram. I'm closing in on 40,000 or so. And it's, and I'm, it's so awesome. The platform I, I now have, so I'm really trying to get more and more into teaching um, different concepts or just teaching through my um, my experience. Like, like I said, that video where you saw like this, here's some things I did to help me score 50 points a game. Now the 50 points per game kind of yeah. gets people intrigued, like it attracts people. But then, you know, we're all about, you know, having confidence in yourself. If you miss a shot, who cares? Shoot the next one. Uh, don't don't body language. Don't put your head down. Um, next play mentality like that's the stuff we're trying to teach it's you, you know there's there's some you can teach online but a lot of stuff we, we want these kids to become just more confident in themselves and to understand mistakes are going to happen you're going to fail you're going to make mistakes learn from it grow bounce back and are and become better because of it um, mm -hmm. but yeah social media it's, it's a blessing um, like I said still get made fun of it for to this day but it's whether it's financially whether it's with clients whether it's with outreach like we're reaching so many new people like like this right here all because of just online um it's been incredible and i'm very very fortunate for it yeah it's definitely man it has it has so many pros like you said it has the cons to just like anything else but the ability that you have to connect with people now from different parts of the world that you may have never even known exists is like, it's mind blowing. And now you've turned that into, you know, a, a crucial part of your business, basically mm -hmm. from a marketing standpoint, from brand awareness, potentially online revenue uh, yep. with the app and things like that. So it's like, if you use it the right way, it can be super powerful. But I would say, I don't know, probably half the trainers in the industry are just putting out BS and it's I like, would say, I would say more than half. I, it, it, <laughs> I was trying to be it, generous. It, yeah. You're, you're being a nice guy and, and I get it. Like there's funny stuff you put out there and I do it all the time or there's different things to attract the, the viewer's attention, whatever. But some of the drills I'm seeing um, and, and, and overcomplicating it or, or this or that it's like I, like I don't know what we're doing and it seems like right. more and more people oh let me just throw some basketball drills on a page and I'm suddenly a trainer and that's what I said earlier like it's watered down because everyone says they're a trainer everyone thinks they 
all these stuff, this stuff works and it, it can be frustrating and there's a fine line. So there's pros and cons. Um, but I mean, I follow or I have people that follow me or I've been in touch with and I'm like, like, I, I love that you're doing, you're helping kids, but at the same time, what are we putting out there? How are we helping these kids? Mm-hmm. Are we truly helping them or are we just kind of trying to make a quick buck or, or trick them into this or that? So it, it's, a, right. it's a, it's a tricky, tricky spot. Yeah. So as far as like an industry perspective, um, it could be online or in person, whatever, but what are some things that you're seeing like trending, um, that's just like not moving the needle for development? You know what I mean? Like, what are some of the biggest issues that you think are going on right now in training? Yeah. So, uh, uh, you open up a door and say, where, where, where to begin? Um, we don't have all the answers, but we've, we've, we've seen a lot. And, um, uh, just a couple of things. I think, um, I think ball handling is incredible. We teach it so much. You got to have a, uh, you got to have it on a string, but at the same time in a game, you're not going out there making a seven, eight dribble combo move going one, two, mm-hmm. like that's not getting you to the next level. That may get that, that may, it's all, see, all of it comes together. That may get you viral. That may get you on overtime. Right. That may get you on house highlights. That's not getting you a division one offer. Um, shooting the ball. Uh, I was fortunate enough at one point my junior year to be shooting like 52%, two thirds through the season, playing 30 minutes a game. And uh, it took a lot to get there. And people these days think Steph Curry is just, he does that and he's a good shooter. They don't understand all the shots you have to get in, all the form shooting you have to put in just to build your base to get back to that volleyball line. Um, people, I don't think people take shooting seriously enough. Steph Curry changed the mm-hmm. game, and kids love to go run to the three, but people aren't working on shooting religiously, consistently every single day. Then um, I'll say, I'll just say one more. I don't want to get too far, but a big thing <laughs> is I don't think and I may take heat for this. This this next group knows what true hard work is and i I may take heat take heat for that i don't think kids these days know what it takes to get to the next level oh you have a dream of playing division one playing professional the time and effort and sacrifices you have to make people these days aren't making them i got oh i got in the gym with you on a monday and a thursday okay we got better don't get me wrong we we put that work in that's not enough uh yeah my brother and i five six days a week we were up at 5 a.m getting shots up high school practice in the afternoon from 345 to 545. We had, and then we had, an, as we got into high school, another trainer who wasn't perfect. Um, and we can talk more about him in a bit, but he, he would text us. He didn't really give us options. He'd be like, all right, in the gym at 8 PM. And it was like, all right, we're there. That's in season. And that's not to like, just brag about ourselves, or whatever. There was times we had a three day during our high school season. Um, and I don't, I don't think kids understand like, that I may sound sound old saying all this, but I'm like that's that's hard work. That's what it took for us just to get to Division One, not not play, just to get there. And uh, kids these days, they go to the gym, post an Instagram story. Um, let me make mm-hmm. let me let me set my phone up, make a windmill dunk, whatever, and then post it. And it's like, all right, but are you working? Are you walking out there soaked in sweat? Or if it's a lighter day, did I get 500 makes in? Not shoot 500. Did I make 500 shots? So. I don't, I could go on forever and ever, but that's something mm-hmm. I'm, I'm passionate about is kids these days got to learn what real hard work is. Yeah. And even to your point, it's like, um, how do you make those 500 shots? Like, are you holding yourself to the standard of 
yeah. of going at a at a game pace, which I know is a moving target, but it's like, yeah. are you imagining scenarios like if you're if you're working off the dribble, like are you are you pulling up to where a help defender would be and shooting just a, a shot there? Like or are you envisioning some of these game situations? It's easy to go work on your strengths. Like, oh, yep. oh I, I'm good at this. Let me just go keep doing it. Okay, well, let's start working on your your off-the-bounce game, your your quick stops into your shot. Like, it's easy to work on your strengths and do all that, but if you are if you really want to get better, all right, what are my weaknesses? Let me lock in. Let me get those better. 100%, man. So um, I want to throw you into the hot seat, but I got a couple other questions on here that I'm going yep. to kind of go off of. Um, we kind of talked about, you know, the pros and cons of social media and, you know, some of the, the skills that, that kids lack today, but there's also, there's also a camp that says like today's kids are like more skilled than ever. And so while I agree with some of that, that is coming naturally, like you said, that hard work is not getting them where they need to be. What are some of the things kind of on the other side of that coin that you're noticing kids are like excelling at today where, you know, maybe if they, if they did kind of put the two together, they'd have the perfect recipe. Yeah. Great question. And, uh, it's funny, funny you say that. Um, I, uh, when I was in, when I was in college and played March Madness, we played Butler and their point guard was Tyler Lewis, who was similar to me, undersized. He played at NC state and played a butler mcdonald's all-american and now he helps run phenom phenom hoops down here and i was at a tournament with him i we met up we were sat watching a game and we were talking about this exact thing because neither of us he i mean he's way more gifted than i am athletically but still on that level he had to work his butt off and uh, we were talking and we were saying you know like these kids are so athletic they're so fast they're naturally, yeah, this, this probably is the most naturally gifted era we've ever seen. You know, you, you see these eighth graders, and you're like, what? We're, we're dunking like this already? We're doing all this? But they couldn't break a press. These kids were jumping. They have a couple are going to Virginia Tech, a couple are going, you know, all these high majors. Uh, one, two, two press or a two, one, whatever, diamond press was killing them. They couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, so we're naturally gifted, but up here, what, we're, yeah. what are we doing? We're, 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 I say, that I, so it's the most naturally gifted, but I think we're lacking so much of the smarts of the game. Maybe the worst it's ever been. Um, and I, I, may take heat, I may take heat for that, but like, we, they, they couldn't break a press. They're not, they're not smart enough, but they're so naturally gifted. Um, and so we'll get to the positive though. Um, that's just that's just something that that uh, that that we we noticed uh, or we've talked about exactly like you said. But um, I mean the positive stuff that these these kids are doing is they they have access to say trainers or the gym or playing AU at a younger age. We started competitive AU in middle school or ninth grade down here in the Carolinas. There's second and third grade AU tournaments. Um, whether it's positive or bad thing, but I, it's kids getting the gym. They're working. And mm -hmm. it's competitive. They're getting after it. So there's more opportunities, more access for these kids, which is exactly what I want. I want uh, Duluth, Minnesota. We're not there yet, but <laughs> in these other spots, it's kids that have more opportunities to get in the gym, get the trainers, get the group training, get the camps, learn from, learn these concepts, and then go run with them. Um, you know, uh, 
it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing to look at from a training standpoint um because i i love to break things apart analyze it um but when i go watch these prep schools and these high schools play i'm i'm amazed they're 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 they push the ball the transition is probably the best it's ever been guys are getting up and down the floor um when when it's in transition i see a lot of unselfish play the ball's popping the ball's moving they're getting after it the a lot of teams have high energy they're cheering each other on um it's fun to watch that um but i don't know as a trainer i just always see the i see the positive like oh they're yeah. so athletic negative like where are the smarts so i always fight that yeah. fight that inner battle i think it's because like kids and really kid to me is like at this point anybody who's playing basketball even a college person is like, you're a kid still in my, in my head. So it's like, kids don't watch the game. Yeah. Um, th- they're more of a highlight driven uh, era. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So kids aren't watching the games and even in the highlights, they, they, you might even pick up on something from a highlight, but you don't know why that highlight happened. Maybe the team ran a similar action, the play or the possession before and they saw something and then the point guard said, Hey, you know, next time we're going to run the same action, but I want you to do this instead. It'll be there. So it's like watching that game in its full context is going to help get you smarter at the game. Uh, watching, watching highlights is great. You know what I mean? But like the film breakdown is not yeah. there. Like kids are not yeah. watching full games. Yeah. Um, and if they do, they're going to the game and it's a form of entertainment. So they're not like, actually locked in on the strategy piece of the game yep yep 100 percent. and uh uh like i like i mentioned earlier we had a trainer uh eighth when we started retake it serious his name was will starks he passed away when i was a freshman in college he had uh, heart issues and he but him and his son diami um impacted our lives forever that's a big reason we're in training and uh when we would train with him you know in the in the late at night or in the off season um we weren't really allowed to be on our phones. Now, back then it was flip phones and slides and whatever. Mm, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we weren't really allowed to do that. And it was just like, don't worry about what anyone else is doing. It's a Friday night. Everyone's at the football game. We're in the gym. There's three of us. These are our Friday night lights, he would always say. And uh, he, he, he taught us, you know, to, how to watch games, how to break things down. He taught us hard work, you know. In the summer, I remember we had a four-day. We ran – we had ran hills in the morning, then we went to the gym, then we got lunch, then we played five on five at a college against D3 school, and then we were back in for shots that night. And it's like he taught us all that, and that that has nothing to do with athleticism or how fast you are, how high you can jump. Um, he just taught us how to learn the game, study it, become a student of it, and it became when you're locked in like that everything you do it's like okay if i'm watching a game how can i get better you know it's not mm-hmm. just for like the kids these days how can i go viral how can i get everyone to look at me how can i get more followers like people are more kids these days want more followers than they want necessarily more college coaches to be interested in them and so it's <laughs> right. it, it, it's a battle but uh but yeah totally agree man so last thing i want to get you in the hot seat Let's it's it. uh my favorite part of the show, it's just seven to 10 random questions about whatever, um, hit me rapid response. You can go, you can go deep on them or you can just 
right. one word answer, whatever you're feeling. All right, so got to start off, got to bring it back. What's your all-time career high or best game that you remember? Um, high school, I had 74. I went 15 of 26 from three against Maranatha Christian. Um, that team actually got third in the state tournament that year. We lost the game. Um, that was high school. AU, I had tw- 24 against each one teach one out of Florida. And uh, people might not think that's a lot, but that was on Ben Simmons, Taco Fall, Antonio Blankeny, all these guys that are, are pros or whatever, had 24 on them. College, my career high was 29. That's what's up. That's what's up. So out of those three, which one was your favorite game, though? Uh, question 1B out of this one. Um, yeah. I would say <laughs> I would say the 24 uh, against each one, teach one. Yeah. It was in Louisville. It was – you're going against other NBA players, and uh, the we probably had 100-plus college coaches watching the game. Not for me. Don't get no, – it wasn't for me. It was all the kids around yeah. me and the other team, <laughs> and I put on a show, and uh, I remember – I don't like, I'm not a big trash talker. I was like saying stuff under my breath. Yeah. Like you can't go, like can't guard me against Antonio Blankney who LSU and then was on the bulls. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, what am I doing? But it was, it was just one of the <laughs> most incredible experiences I've, I've ever had. That's amazing. Um, I think I could probably guess the answer, but I always like to ask this anyway, growing up, what was your dream job? Like we're talking like elementary school. From a young age, I wanted to play in the NBA. That was always a big thing. Yeah. Was you know, I I would see Steve Nash, and I'm like, he's not tall. He has long hair like me. Mm-hmm. Oh, he he just kind of because I wasn't a big scorer. He just passes the ball. He makes it look easy. I can do that. Um, so I would I would say probably I can't even think. I never want to be a doctor or a teacher or anything like that. It was it was I really love sports. Um, so I, yeah, I'd say NBA player. Got you. Um, what celebrity do you think would make an actually good president? We're going all, all over the place. Which celebrity? All over the place. Which celebrity would make would make actually make a good president? Oh, put me on the spot. I was thinking like, oh, Netflix show, Hulu show, celebrity. <laughs> I've heard good things about uh, Mark Cuban. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, I think financially he mm-hmm. can help the country. Um, <laughs> uh, sure. I, I, I think that's what presidents do. I don't know. Um, <laughs> trying to think. You stumped me on this one. That's actually a good answer. I, I think financially. I mean, there's stuff, there's stuff Mark Cuban does that I mean, I disagree with, but. I've I've heard good things in, yeah. in that sense. No, I have it. I have it. Let's cut. Let's cut. Cut Mark Cuban out of there. Okay, Mark Cuban, you're out. Okay. A celebrity that would be a good president, Tim Tebow. That's my guy. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Oh, Tim Tebow. That's that was not on my radar. I'm I'm a big big into my faith. He's a big faith guy. He worked his butt off. He was so successful. Yep. Not just in college. He's successful at life. Everything he does, he's good at. But he worked hard to become good at it. Mm-hmm. But then also he uh, um, it's just such a positive influence in everything he does. His night, his yeah. night to shine and 
everyone that comes in contact with him. Yep, it's Tim Tebow. Lock it in. That's a good one. That was that's a good one. I was not thinking Tim Tebow. That would be I don't know, man. Who I love I love Tim Tebow. Like I don't know anybody personally that doesn't yeah, exactly. I, I'm I don't know assuming somebody could. doesn't, but like I, I, I don't know how anyone could go against him or be yeah. mad about that. He's he's a great human being. Um, what's your all time favorite movie? Ooh, good one. Growing up, all time favorite movie was Miracle on Ice, and that's just because from where I'm from, hockey. It mm. was the 1980 <laughs> U.S. Olympic team. Um, um, mm-hmm. They pieced together this team, and Herb Brooks was incredible at finding the right. I'm not looking for the best players; I'm looking for the right players. Or I probably butchered that quote, but it's something like that. Um, and my but also it's cool. My dad was at one of the games because he was in the Olympics that year. Um, so he was at the semifinal game, which oh, he dope. said was, was he'll never forget. But then my other favorite movie is Glory Road. Remember Glory? Do you ever watch Glory Road? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. El Paso, the, Texas. The basketball yeah, movie. El Paso, Texas. It was. Yep. Um, it was a balance of that's of a dope black movie. and white players, and finally bringing them together and. Uh, people from all over the country making it work and people are looking at them weird and stuff was happening on the road. And it just, it always got me excited. Uh, we'd watch it like before a three on three tournament yeah, the next that's day. Dope. And uh, yeah, it was a good one. That's a good movie. Um, do you remember the first album that you purchased or, or downloaded? So I'm not a big, mu- I wasn't a big music guy. But then I got into my high school, I got into Drake. Um, big Drake guy. So okay. it would be probably, probably Drake. the Take Care was that 2011 or so. And I started getting into it. Nothing was the same. Yeah. It was 13. And then if you're reading this, it's too late. It was 2015. I, it's somewhere in there is when I, I got yeah. into like AU basketball and everyone has headphones on and they're listening to stuff and I'm there without headphones. I'm like, all right, I got to get into music. <laughs> so, so I started listening to Drake. So I'd say, take care. Nothing was the same. Freedom is too late. All that, all that good stuff. He's the GOAT. I like that. He's, he, yeah, he's, yeah. he's unreal. I love Drake. Big Drake fan. I wouldn't be mad if he was our president either. Uh, I know that's probably not the most politically correct <laughs> route to go, but yeah. Drake for president, I'm on board with that for sure. If you could live out the life of any movie character, who would it be? Live out the life of any movie character. So instantly I go. Basically like. What's that? Go ahead. I was going to say, basically you just have to like, you have to be that person for the rest of your life. Like you have to become and this might that be character. A, a cheat code. Uh, more than remember more than a game lebron's high school documentary i, I believe it's called more than a game yeah. that my mind goes right to that that was another big yes movie we'd watch and if i could go yes. take lebron's spot I, I would in a heartbeat like it's it's incredible um that, that's sure. when i would probably go into no um, doubt yeah that's where my mind goes i have a basketball mind so it, it goes right there that's that's a good one. All right, a couple more. This is random. Uh, do you remember your SAT or your ACT score? Jill Broman, my mom. I don't know if she'll be too happy me saying this. I think it was 24, <laughs> 25 for ACT, which I think oh, is solid. solid. I think 18, you got to get, yeah. get 18 again to college. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't yep. put in the nest, all the 
time studying for it, which not proud about. But yeah, I'd say 24, 25. Yeah. It's one of those. You uh, you got there. You got to a got to a, a really good school either way. Done. So you were you were solid. All right. So last one. I I saw this on I saw this on Instagram. Um, I'm gonna make it my own version because okay. I don't remember exactly what it was. But it was like basically you get one shot from uh, various spots on the court. You know what I mean. So you can either take a late or you could take a free throw. For ten grand, you can take a top of the key three for twenty. You could take either wing three for thirty, or you could go corner three, deep corner three for fifty. You get one shot. Where are you taking the shot? Like, what's how are you gonna get that? I, I think bread? I shot for my college career like eighty some percent from the free throw line, but I and like that seems like the go. I, I wouldn't take that. I would uh uh. I would say yeah. in high school, I was a corner. Sh- I loved the corner three. Um, but as I nice. practice, I don't know, I, college kind of drifted out. Being a, being a point guard, I'd be the first one back in transition. So a lot of my three started to become top of the key. Mm-hmm. I would probably say top of the key three. I think straight on, give me the ball, stepping into it. I don't know if that's just the being an old head and like having the confidence, but I'm like, even right now in sandals, like, all right, let me step into it. I, I believe I'd hit it. Um, I'd go top of the key. For sure. I love that. All right, man. Well, uh, before I let you get out here, why don't you tell everybody where they can find out more about you and the Academy? Yep. So we run Broman Academy down here in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can find us at BromanAcademy.com. On Instagram, you can find us at BromanAcademy.com or sorry, Broman Academy as well. And on TikTok. And then for myself personally, on Instagram, it's BjornBroman13. TikTok, BjornBroman. Um, we're constantly trying to keep growing and reach new people. So if you're interested, you want to talk, you want, you want some help, you want to get involved in some training, hit us up and, uh, we'd love to work with you. Awesome, man. I'll be sure to link that up. And once again, I appreciate you taking the time and jumping on the show. This was a blast. I really, really am glad you had me on. So thank you, my man. And that was episode 16 with Bjorn Broman again the co-founder and co-owner of the Broman Academy out there in Charlotte. Great conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. It was really great to meet him. And that was actually our first time talking, but we talked both before and after recording that podcast for an extensive period of time, just about business, training, life, you know, just getting to know each other. And I can just tell that, that Bjorn has that it factor in, in both, his online social media presence and his in-person business, the Broman Academy are both going to continue to explode. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, keeping up with Bjorn and, and checking out his progress and watching him continue to elevate and excel at what he's doing. So again, episode 16 here, if you guys have not listened to previous episodes, Make sure you check back for those. we got a lot of heat in the archives. I I think you guys will really enjoy that. And then the last thing I ask, if you could be so kind, leave us a a rating, some feedback, comment on whatever platform you're using. Not only does this help me grow the show, but it also helps me show the guests how impactful and how important their time and info was to us. So I want to be able to show Bjorn this episode and say, yo, man, look at this. People are really loving this. The comments are great. The feedback is positive. It helps them know that they came on here, 
spent their time pouring into others and that we are grateful for that time. And then, like I said, it also helps me grow the show. So it's a win-win for everybody. So if you guys could do that, that'd be awesome. Until next week, I'm really looking forward to, you know, keeping the show going and keeping the momentum going. So we'll see you guys then for episode 17.